In keeping with the example the WWE set for us this week on Raw, we will simply be replaying our Royal Rumble recap this week for the Misspots podcast. Kevin, we should probably do an actual episode. All right, Mike, whatever. Be that way. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Time to play the game. Time to play the game. Okay, so we got empty arena shows on like, both. Yeah, has anything gone on this week? Is there anything new? Because I feel like it's been a very boring, uneventful week, both in the world and in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, I go outside to go to work and come back from work, and that's about it right now. Yeah, pretty boring, pretty boring stuff. Yeah, so... WWE deciding to make like I I feel like initially when they did the whole SmackDown episode in the Performance Center it was something different and unique looking and the whole internet was ablaze talking about it and then when they got to Raw it was fu- it was hard to fucking follow and and, and stay like. Well, an hour and a half of it was the Royal Rumble. Yes, they they replayed the Royal Rumble in for, its entirety. Yes. So for, for, let's let's go back. Let's go back. Did you watch SmackDown? No. Okay, I did not either, and didn't really have an interest in it. And with everything going on, I mean, we've got WrestleMania as of now is going to be now a two night event coming from the Performance Center with no crowd. Yeah. This is insanity. Now, I understand what's going on. I do not begrudge them. They've got to come up with something. And putting on the event and going forward with it, I I still think there's a very good possibility that this gets postponed because they don't have any tickets to sell for the Performance Center. So if they find out in in the rumors that they might try to put this in Madison Square Garden in a month and a half or something like that, I do not understand how you can do WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. In front of no one especially after seeing Raw. Because you had Edge's promo was wonderful. He for, he came out and did his pose, which looked ridiculous. <laughs> and I was I just started to cringe. I was like, what are they doing? Why why is he posing for no one? And it was silly as hell, but then his promo was amazing. And I couldn't help but think, why didn't they just do this promo in somewhere else? Yeah. Having him come and cut the promo in the ring just like every other promo seems a waste. Like, they have all this other space they can use. They could have put a promo in a locker room. They could have cut a promo in a studio. They could have cut a promo sitting in the front row. And they chose to have Edge cut this promo in the middle of the ring. And AEW did the same thing with Cody's promo to open. And both were great promos. 
they were both excellent in their own way and Edge did a great job, but I just feel like the WWE cannot get out of what they do. Even when they're they have to by necessity, they just still do exactly what they do no matter what and do WWE 101. Even his his music hitting after the promo, it was just it killed the mood. Like he yeah. brought that in to this real thing, and then his music hits, and he walks out, and it's like, <laughs> why does his music hit? Like it's not there as a cue for a crowd or anything. It was just very surreal, and as surreal and weird as that was, nothing else on this show mattered, and nothing else on this show seemed like a wrestling show. Even the wrestling match did not seem like it was a part of a wrestling show. Well, let's just talk about that. They did their best, but as we have said over and over again, I'm pretty sure I've seen this match 37 times, Yeah, even though we probably haven't. And it was undercut by Asuka screaming into the microphone in Japanese. Yeah. You cannot tell me this is not a rib. At this point. Oh, it, it, it has to be. They brought her out to scream in Japanese during a match that had nothing to do with her. I, I, I cannot get this in any way, shape, or form. I give, give them their best, you know, they, they gave their best shot at putting this match on. It, it, it was fine for what it was, but the, the Undertaker and AJ thing was just garbage. It, it was just awful. And having Undertaker disappear and reappear... It, with no crowd and it, it just it was ridiculous the reaction from carl anderson and luke gallows like i almost felt it was legitimate that like it wasn't them being surprised like he's behind us isn't he it was more like it, he was, it was them they were like, annoyed he's behind us we're doing this they're like god like, damn it yeah, it was it was bad, and, and there's it did nothing to further anything with AJ and Undertaker. Uh, and Becky, people loved this freaking Austin Becky thing and Byron thing. I do not understand this. Becky came out and played to the crowd multiple times. <laughs> yeah. that wasn't there. And if there's anything they should have been stressing to their people, it's don't play to the crowd. There is no crowd. If you're going to come out and have to cut a promo in the ring which you shouldn't have to, uh, do it Do it to the camera and only to the camera. Don't get on the, on the ropes and pose. It looks ridiculous. It, it seems silly. It seems so staged. It, it's, it's, it's not. It's, it's not. You're, you're not playing to a live crowd. It's a completely different animal. And, and Becky did that. She cut a fine promo, but playing to the crowd just seemed weird. The stuff with Austin was... It was it was a train wreck. I don't understand how anyone could have enjoyed this for what it was. I can see people enjoying it ironically, but why was Byron rating his things? Was he Ty Dillinger all of a sudden? That made no sense. No and, sense. And they were just bad jokes. Uh, who wrote this? Uh, Austin... Playing to the non-existent crowd one time was a little silly and surreal, but multiple times was ridiculous. I did not get this. I did not enjoy this. This seemed, this seemed like a, a indie promotion trying to 
play play this situation. This does not seem like a polished professional wrestling company no. working with the best thing they had. And by the way, all of this is is couched in the fact that they were dealt, they and have been dealt a, an impossible hand to play, or so I thought. They're dealt a hard hand, and they're doing the best they can to try to put on a show and entertain people. They put on the Royal Rumble for an hour and a half, which is a huge cop-out, but an understandable one. I give them that. But the rest of what they put on was not good TV. It was not fun to watch. It was a train wreck after a train wreck after a train wreck. And the entire feeling in that performance center was sterile and and it just it didn't feel like a wrestling show it felt like a parody of a wrestling show and it was it was it was really really bad yes yes and it I, was and i don't know what smackdown felt like because i didn't watch it but i have to imagine raw came after smackdown so if yeah. raw felt that way i can't imagine how smackdown must have been yeah i and uh, I, I heard people saying like, oh, Triple H on commentary for SmackDown was great. And I'm sure we got him doing like quasi breaking the fourth wall stuff and and all of that because that's the way that Triple H can be. Uh, but this was terrible. When they, uh, during Austin's entrance, when he's, you know, going to the turnbuckles and playing to no one, they cut to the booth and it was the three of them just like clapping and laughing and like, oh, this is great. Austin's in the ring. Like, like who decided to make that cut? Like it was the goofiest, dumbest looking thing. And I was, I was scared for what we were potentially going to get from AEW. I, I was like, God, if they're going to follow in those, like what they watched this show and was like, all right, this is uh, this is what we got. This is what we have to do. They pretty much, if, if they watched raw, they were like, all right, we know what not to do. They put some of the wrestlers who aren't on the card out there and sat in the crowd I loved that. That and was, I thought that that was genius. There had to be ten to fifteen guys out there. That's it. And but them chanting, them talking, and hooting and hollering added just a little bit of that that crowd reaction back into the show because it was still an action heavy episode. It, it was just atmosphere. It added yeah. atmosphere. It gave it. Something different. AEW tried to put on a professional wrestling show. And in some ways, they did some of the same things that the WWE did. And that was, I think, a mistake. They had... Uh, they had the in-ring promo to start the show. Cody knocked out of the park, did a great job. But... I don't think it was necessary... When the crowd's not there, it's not necessary to cut that ring, that promo in the ring. Yeah. Right. But they they did a good job with it. And I think that given the circumstances and I'll, and I'll give them the pass just like I give the pass to 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 edge cutting that promo uh, to start off off raw. Uh, 
I and then they just went in and they started doing professional wrestling matches in real matches. Yeah. And I think that was a great touch. They had a lot of in-ring action going on, it, which I think was important. Yes, did oftentimes did those wrestlers play to a non-existent crowd? They did. I think a lot of it in ring was because that's naturally what they're going to do, and muscle memory is a real thing. But there were little bits. Riho, when she came out for her match, looked directly into the hard camera, the not the hard camera, but the camera that was on her, and did her little bit to the camera. She did that both on the ramp and in the ring on the ropes which was a good move because that's what they should have been shouting at these people. Don't play to a non-existent crowd. It looks stupid. Play to the camera. But there were several instances where they didn't. So I want to call them out for that because they, they had Raw and SmackDown to look at to make sure they didn't do that. But they made this an action heavy episode. And I don't know about you, but there was multiple times when I forgot there wasn't a crowd. Yeah. Because I was just watching a wrestling match. The fact that they did this and they changed the hard camera to the uh, to a different side of the ring, mm-hmm. in and of itself, to the entrance ch- ramp. Yeah, yeah, it changed the dynamic a little bit. It changed the presentation. It, it skewed it just a little bit and made me a little more interested. They built the entire entranceway. They did pyro. I thought it would look ridiculous. I kind of thought it was okay because when you have just the the entranceway and the wrestlers and the pyro and you don't see any crowd if the camera was there you wouldn't see the crowd anyway yeah and with the atmosphere of the heels and the baby faces on either side hooting and hollering and making noises and betting and drinking wine and all the fun stuff that was happening out there it allowed me to be drawn into a pro wrestling show so i think aew really did something they did a lot with a little and they, if you want to look at the polished, established juggernaut that has been doing TV production forever versus the upstart in basic indie promotion, they destroyed WWE on putting on a professional wrestling show in front of no crowd. Yeah. And, and I really hope that there are people in the WWE um, who, lo- who watched that show and were like, damn. They won. They won up us on this. Like they did this work with what they got way better than we did, and because we're we're gonna have to deal with this for the foreseeable future, and hopefully this allows WWE to 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 know like all right, we need to up our our game on this. I don't think they will. I, I honestly don't think they'll do anything. Yeah, it is probably probably wishful thinking. No, because first of all, they they would never admit and do anything like AEW because they think AEW is a non-entity that doesn't matter. Yeah. Where and and they could never admit that they outdid them and outshone them in, in this situation. But you know, talking about this show, I mean, because this is a wrestling heavy show, it wasn't just a recap show. It wasn't a, a train wreck like Raw. There's actually stuff to talk about. You know, the the Lucha Brothers versus the Best Friends. Other than the Orange Cassidy spot. This was probably the most authentic tag team match that AEW's ever put on. There was not a clusterfuck where we didn't know who was the legal person. There was not a spot where two guys were in uh, a tag team was double teaming for a minute and a half with nobody stopping them. 
This was a straightforward, well-done tag team match up until the Orange Cassidy spot, which was, wasn't necessary. And without the crowd there, it really wasn't necessary. Because now you don't have the crowd to please. Yeah. And and put this on. They did not need to do that. Having Orange Cassidy fall asleep on commentary, bravo. Good enough. <laughs> but I'm gonna, you got to hit this every single time. Tag team matches in AEW are clusterfucks. And as talented as the people are in the ring, and as much as I enjoy seeing the, these people perform, we saw this later on uh, with uh, the uh, the match with the Butcher and the Blade and Jurassic Express. Talented people in the ring, but a complete mess of a match. And this match came as close as possible to actually not doing that. And I give them credit for it. And at, at one point I was like, Oh, maybe we have to do all these shows without crowds and then we'll get real wrestling, <laughs> you know, more authentic wrestling. So Jericho's proclamation that uh, all shows be without crowds uh, of, uh, appeases you to a certain extent? Uh, to a certain extent, it does. I, I, uh, I want to know what you thought about the women's match, the, four, the Fatal 4-Way. Uh, now, there was, I'll get it out of the way first and foremost. There was that one botch of the uh, the head scissors that Penelope yeah. Ford tried to do. Other than that, I thought it was a pretty entertaining match. Yeah, there, there were a few rough spots there, but I do think they did their best, and it was it was entertaining. I, at one point, I was thinking, oh, man, Penelope Ford, I'd never seen her work before, and I don't ever want to see her work again. But by the end of the match, she came out with a couple good athletic moves and looked a little bit more smooth. I, I don't know what happened in that one spot and whose fault it was, but obviously that was a that was a problem i i like the fact that we had all this we had all these little things going on on the outside just like a good episode of good professional episodic wrestling should be where we had jake roberts cutting the promo on the outside we had colt cabana uh getting in a in a in a, in a kerfuffle uh on the outside after this match and they found a way to change the camera angle and, and bring it down. And these guys are in the crowd and doing their thing and, and cut over to, as I mentioned before, but it, it, it needs to be mentioned again, the heels gambling on the outside and, and drinking red wine. And they found a way to make this seem lively and fun and organic and not sterile. The WWE presentation of Raw was sterile. The AEW presentation seemed lively and as fun and exciting as it could possibly be given the circumstances. And because of that, everything was just a little bit better. Yeah. And, and going back to the match itself, I, I feel like we've both been kind of like week by week on Chris Statlander. I feel like this was an up week for her. She she's basically Britt Baker and Chris Statlander. They are polar opposite. They they're the same but different. They both seem to look great one week or sound great one week and and look terrible the next. And this was a week where she looked pretty good. She she had some good power moves. She was working with some competent people in there. Maybe that's really what it comes down to. 
but yeah, this was this was one of the better women's matches, featuring some some decent talent, which was I think good. Colt Cabana <laughs> coming up to talking about how great the women's division was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for trying to sell that Colt, but yeah, we we know it still needs a little bit of work. Uh, the the match with the with the uh, Jurassic Express and the Butcher and the Blade, though, I, I thought that was an absolute mess. Uh yeah, uh, they. I, I they tried their best. Luchasaurus isn't just that great of a hand in the ring, and the at the very the very finish. What was Jungle Boy doing? I well, they... he looked like he was going to do a dive to the outside and then just like walked through the ropes to. Make sure well, Butcher was still down. Well, I think probably uh, my my guess is is that uh, if they probably it, had a dive planned, and he was supposed to get up and take a dive, and he wasn't, so he had to call an audible and get out of the ring and just kind of put the boots to him. So, and they covered that pretty well on commentary. But listen, Luchasaurus, great look. A few moves look really, really good. His but, kicks look. Look pretty good. But still pretty mechanical in a lot of ways. Still very unpolished in a lot of ways. So uh, we haven't seen a lot of great wrestling. We've seen some hot tags and some brutal beatdowns. And I think that's about... And the more I see of Luchasaurus, the more I realize, oh, maybe that's all Luchasaurus has got. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that's a little bit problematic. Jungle Boy is a, is a really, really good talent and I think could do some good things. Playing face and peril in the beginning of this match all worked, but then when the entire match broke down and then nothing mattered and the legal person didn't matter and people can just double team for four minutes and it doesn't matter. That's where I, I, that's where it lost me. Yeah. And honestly, we we have admittedly given a lot of this stuff a pass over time because the character work has been pretty good and and the the talent and the 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 in ring not the in ring work is like a technical sense but there's excitement in what's going on in the ring and the storylines have been good but the more we keep going with this kind of garbage. Uh, free for all, nothing really matters, no rules wrestling, the less I'm really excited and the less pass I give to Jungle Boy being a great uh, talent and exciting and the less pass I give to Luchasaurus being intimidating and cool looking and having a decent gimmick and the more I just go, that was kind of a garbage tag match. Yeah. And that's, that's where I ended up at with this. And... Six months from now, if they're still doing the same thing, you're going to hear me going another garbage tag team match <laughs> on AEW wrestling because eventually that's where you get. Yeah, that that's a really good point. I mean, you can only allow a person a pass for like that's uh, coming from the industry that you and I work in with with beer. Like when a new brewery opens, you you tend to hear people go, if their beers aren't great when they first open, ah, it's their first batches. Uh, they'll they'll get over it, uh, and that's kind of the thing here. The honeymoon phase is starting to wear off, and you're you're not giving them as much of uh, of rope uh, anymore on this, and 
they can't just fall back on having a good look, being athletic, being having a good gimmick. Uh, like everything's got to work uh, sooner or later. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of where I'm getting with this. I mean, we had so many tag matches in this in this episode, and we I said last week it's, it's all tag team wrestling. And if you're going to do that and lean on it, you got to do your best to do it well. <laughs> and I, I, I'm guessing that there's a lot of people in the current wrestling scene that think this is the best kind of tag team wrestling you can have. And I just think a little bit, of, a little bit of less, less is more situation would work really, really well. And I think it was doing a great job in the first match of this episode. Yeah. So, uh, I, I that leaves us with pretty much the storyline of the Exalted One, and then the last match and the uh, the 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 segment after the match. I got to know how you felt about Brody Lee being the exalted one. I was surprised by that. Uh, I I thought that we would be seeing him show up in AEW. I didn't think that it would be in such a pretty much a high profile uh, position because this is a this is a, a a faction that has been pushed pretty hard uh, from the beginning and this is something that has been teased for a while and to be the like i we're we're ecstatic that it's not Christopher Daniels we yes. we, we talked 100%. about that uh for a few weeks and with the fact that Matt Hardy debuted on the same episode and it wasn't him they they're i think that they're putting a lot of eggs in the basket of Brody Lee here and they truly believe in him i mean dude is a great worker we know that um and he he probably is better on the mic than we're aware of but i'm interested in this i i I liked Luke Harper. I thought that he was a great wrestler, uh, really, really talented for his size, and his look was was different. And uh, he showed glimmers of that when given the opportunity. Uh, so I'm, I'm into this. I was a little, a little bit disappointed. It, he's not a huge name, and I, and I, and I can get that. It's not even the name. I, I don't think there was a better person for this role in this very campy, very hokey, and honestly, pretty bad gimmick. Other than the videos that the Dark Order has done, which have been really good. The pre-tape, uh, you know, uh, what would you call it? Um, uh, the, self-help, like commercials. Self-help commercials have been good. Everything else has been pretty bad. I think Matt Hardy is the one guy that could have made that transition into so bad it's good and then maybe it's good. Luke Harper I is it doesn't seem to be that guy to me. And I think it's a good swerve for the fans, but I think they might have overthought themselves here. And I think that 
the other thing about Luke Harper that I want to make sure we all understand is that I am also a big fan of his and think he's one of the better big man in the big men in the business. But we haven't seen him perform in a long time. He is not getting any younger. There comes a time in a professional wrestler's career where the 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 down the downward spiral is imminent. I don't know that he's the same guy he was three years ago when he would go out there and impressively put on a really great match with somebody out of nowhere and you were like, oh my God, Luke Harper can really go. I just don't know that that's the case. I mean, the guy has got to be pushing 40, right? He he is 40. Yeah. He's 40. Yeah. There's just, there, there are guys that can go for a long time after that, but... I just worry that maybe maybe coming on at this age and maybe he's not a guy who can go out there and really, really impress us, and that's maybe unfair, but I'm just throwing that out there. He's not a huge name. I don't think he lends credibility to this gimmick like Matt Hardy might have, and I, I'm just not impressed with anybody else in the ring but Luke Harper, and I don't know if he, that he masked their inefficiencies there. I, I'm 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 happy that he's getting this opportunity, and I'm hopeful that it will do well for him. But I think Matt Hardy would have been a better a better fit. Yeah, yeah, he he, he most likely would have. And that that w- earlier on, you saying that his ability to take something campy and make it so bad that it's good that it might actually be good uh type of thing really does ring true i think um and it makes it even more kind of bonkers the placement of then matt hardy with the elite yeah yeah, this is just something i didn't get i mean if if they would have pulled if they would have swapped these two things I honestly think that, yes, having Vanguard 1 come in <laughs> and having Matt, uh, they did a good job in this episode. And once again, no crowd and changing the eye lines and doing some different things and not being afraid to to go for it. I give them credit for that. And they did it in a much better way than WWE to, to, to beat, a, you know, beat a drum uh, or beat a dead horse, I should say. But if they would have sold and put Luke Harper as the replacement and sold him as this big, wild man, you know, there's always been those uh, Bruiser Brody uh, allusions to Luke Mm -hmm. Harper and really sold this guy. I honestly think it would have gone over better than Jake Hager and the first episode of Dynamite being part of the inner circle because we've seen... Luke Harper more recently, the indie fans have more respect for him and have always cheered for him and been behind him. And having him as their replacement, I think would have been better. I think, once again, I think the the swap would have been better for both sides. Now, All Elite Wrestling tends to book things long-term. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt that there's something going on here. But a guy who looks like Matt Hardy doing Matt Hardy stuff, hanging out with the elite. 
<laughs> seems weird. It's just a tad. Yeah. Also, how many weeks is it going to take for you to uh, stop calling him Luke Harper? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going to be forever. Because that that's what you were introduced to him as. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was hard for me not to call. I mean I'm I'm now on John Moxley from Dean yeah. Ambrose, so uh, yeah. So it, it'll you got be Jake Hager down. Yeah, well because <laughs> Jack Swagger <laughs> never really mattered to me, but yeah, I think it, it will take some time for that. But I, I think that the elite losing this match was the right move. Oh yeah, I like. I, the stuff, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, I like the stuff with Hangman early on and kind of uh, going back to that early promo I think even though it didn't need to be in the ring it was it was well done and I like the kind of staging of the whole thing Jericho was great on commentary as always Guevara singing along to <laughs> Jericho's music was great they yeah. found ways to in- interject this levity and fun into this that I'm sure some people got out of Steve Austin. I just did not. You know, Steve Austin coming out was the big nostalgia pop. Yeah. <laughs> to a non-existent crowd. To the to the audience at home. It only works. Undertaker, really, at this point, in this situation, in this storyline, the big thing is to see him live. So, for me... None of that worked very well, but when they tried to add levity and fun to what was going on in, in AEW, it felt organic. It felt fun, and I enjoyed the vast majority of what was put on, and am very impressed by the way they did this show. Yeah, and what did you think of the little shakeup with the commentary booth and having Taz on commentary the entire show and Tony being uh, like the interviewer? Well, I have been saying for a long time that not having a mean gene is a problem mm-hmm. in the world of professional wrestling. A, a, a An interviewer that can go back that you know that you've got some kind of, you are entertained by and you have some kind of investment in is something that we just do not see in uh, the world of professional wrestling in, in 2020. Now, Shivani is the one that goes and interviews Britt Baker. She, he's the one that goes and sits in a limousine with Cody. So he's been doing this. Yes. And I think it's been a good, good thing. And I like, I like Taz on commentary. I also like Shivani on commentary. So I think it might be six of one half dozen of the other on the, on the Taz aspect of this. I, I'm happy to have Shivani on commentary and calling matches and then going and doing interviews. I think that's that's a good aspect of it. It seems dynamic. Yeah, and when he goes and does that, having a two-man booth for maybe a match uh, isn't a terrible thing either uh, for those times that he steps away. Mm-hmm. I think um, that I, works. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Taz is still very good at uh, at that job. No, he, I, he he calls moves well. He mm-hmm. he's invested in it. I I think that he knows psychology, the, no, storytelling. I, I'm I'm a big fan of the commentary team at AEW. I I think that Jim Ross can come off as a, as curmudgeonly, 
but there's a charm to that. I think Excalibur uh, is does a great job of calling moves, talking about psychology, uh, giving context to things. I think Taz does a great job. I think Shivani has this kind of uh, off-the-cuff, kind of in-the-moment where he doesn't have to speak all the time, but when he does, sometimes it's just a yeah, an exclamation. Yeah, he's a color guy instead yeah. of the play-by-play guy. He just has an exclamation, and it kind of adds yeah. a little bit of something to it. Uh, so I think there's a lot of good talent there, and I think it works well with the three-man booth, even though I'm not a big fan of three-man booths. Yeah. But I, I think Taz is a, is a little superfluous, even though he's doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. Overall, I really enjoyed this episode. The the look uh, of it, the managing of what they the hand that they were dealt, uh, and and then some good storyline stuff going on in there. I I thought that this was an up episode of AEW. I mean, they did the Moxie segment where he showed up. Forgot about that. Yeah, he showed up and he wasn't allowed in the building. Like they kept storylines going. They kept the momentum. They 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 produced a professional wrestling television show, and they did it with nobody in the audience, and they did it pretty goddamn well. I am. I watched Raw. And a lot of times, I by the way, I watch Raw on delay, right? I, I D, DVR it, and I watch. Uh, you you know, start watching like forty-five minutes after it starts. Yeah, so I can go through the commercials and fast forward, and maybe I watch the first two hours on Monday and watch the the next last hour on Tuesday or something like that. Yeah. I watched Raw in real time because I had to see what they were going to do because mm-hmm. I was interested. Next week on Raw, I will not watch it live. I just won't. There's that, no, they did nothing. And by the way, the ratings apparently were very good. Yeah. People are talking about this. You're crazy. If you enjoyed this, I honestly think you have to go get your brain examined. It was awful. I will not watch Raw live again for the duration of what they're going through because there's they, they've showed that they don't know what they're doing i'll watch it because it's monday night raw and it's kind of a tradition at this point and we do it for this podcast i'm looking forward to the to the aew show next week i i, I think that they're going to do a great job that people are saying how are they going to do blood and guts without a crowd i think they'll pull it off yeah i think they'll pull i, it I off. think they will too I think it's a shame that we didn't get a chance to see the entrances and Cody was the face in peril this entire match and his a comeback could have been great and they would have they would have popped for it. Uh, I think that's a shame, but at the end of the day, it was still it was still well done. Mm-hmm. I I wasted nearly three hours of my life with Raw this week. I, I the. the like you said, the Edge promo was good. The setting for the promo was bad. And then I, I knowing that the Austin thing was coming up, I'm like, maybe something will happen. Maybe something like someone will show up. This will kickstart something new that we haven't heard of, haven't heard any rumblings of. I don't know what I was thinking. 
because I was like, I can just go to bed now or I'm going to watch this Austin segment. And I decided to watch that Austin segment and that finished. I'm like, that was fucking dumb. And not that I necessarily would have had 15, 20 minutes more sleep or anything, but like that was just a waste of time. I, I'm I'm almost with you. Like I know I'll I'll watch some of Raw, but it'll probably just be if they don't put on more matches and more actual stuff that matters. I'll be turning off the 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 TV earlier. I, I, we have to talk about this elephant in the room, I and mean, we talked about WrestleMania. We yeah. they, you text me today during AEW that they have changed this to be a two day event. Yeah. If this goes on as they are talking about, and I'm still on the fence, if I had to put my my nickel down, I would say that it's still probably going to be postponed. And I'd probably be wrong, but that that's where I am. What are they going to do? Because they've shown, at least in my my limited watching, because I didn't wa- didn't watch SmackDown, no ability to even understand and grasp the concept of what they're doing in a arena or a performance center with no crowd. So they're they not go- even admitting why this is going on. Like they're, they're not saying that this pandemic is the reason for them doing any of this. It It's pretty much one of the forbidden words now. Oh, I, I, I haven't, I haven't noticed that. I didn't notice no? that. They have made no mention as to why Raw and SmackDown have been at the Performance Centers, why W, why WrestleMania is moving to the Performance Center. No mention. No mention at all. Which I think is, like, it, it really understates how big of a deal this is. And I think that that's fucking sad. It's embarrassing. And it's insulting to people who are suffering during this to just write it off and not acknowledge it. Uh, But going to the mania thing, I feel like this is them trying to double down. Like, all right, Tampa, Tampa, Florida forced them to have to cancel the show. They they publicly stated, like their government stated, if they don't do something, we will. I mean, and it forced their hand. Like, so they had to cancel it or move it, as they're saying. And now they've extended it into the time slot of what NXT was going to be. Almost as if, and this is what I was thinking, I was thinking this out loud to my fiance is, to the people who still buy this on pay-per-view, there are still people who do that. They now have to buy that twice. So this is a way of making up money. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know what they're actually going to do with any of this. And when I look at the prospect of having... Drew McIntyre come out to face Brock Lesnar 
at the performance center to 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 take down the beast once and for all and have each and every WWE wrestler come out perform their exact entrance ramp shtick their I walked into the ring shtick their standing on the turnbuckle shtick because each wrestler has that because they have to because that's part of professional wrestling and especially WWE wrestling I'm just going to be watching this just laughing because they're not going to do Wrestlemania without pomp and circumstance I think AEW did a pretty good job of it. I think they could have done... I, I really think... I think there should have been a little bit less of the the normal stuff. I, I would have really liked to see people have their music hit and just walk to the ring, focusing on their opponent. They no, no, They now no longer have anyone else to play to. They have no one else to look at. They have no other people to engage with. Now they're just focused on their opponent. Mm-hmm. I would have liked a lot more of that, and I think AEW kind of what Taker did, honestly. Uh, kind of, yeah. I, I think that's. that's a, I mean, honestly, a, a decent, you know, a focus on his job. Mm-hmm. Now, did he look a little ridiculous? I mean, there are people talking about, oh, is he becoming the American badass again because yeah. he didn't come out? I, I just, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe his, you know, his. Uh, he didn't pack his trench coat because he had to run and drive and well, get technically there. AJ has made this real. He's calling him Mark. He's yeah. calling out his wife. Yeah. So he's making it a little more like bleeding the lines between kayfabe and real life. Yeah. I I just I, I'd like to see a little more of a less play. Listen, there's no fans to to play to, so. Make this as real as you possibly can. Make this a a focus on your opponent. Make this a, yeah, I don't have to come out and do my pose on the ramp. And this is for AEW and for for WWE. Uh, AEW wasn't perfect with this. They were just a little bit better. And when I think about Vince McMahon and the WWE and just go back and watch the entire evolution of this product since since junior took over in the 80s they're never going to ramp it down (laughs) they're never going to give you more gritty and more straightforward they're just going to make it more ridiculous and that's what my anticipation of wrestlemania is going to be and this is going to i i have the anticipation it's going to be it's so bad it's good i have an anticipation we're going to watch this and go are you fucking kidding me (laughs) can you believe they just did that yeah. All right. So th- this is the more I think of it, and the more that you mention this, like th- they have to postpone this. <laughs> they cannot put WrestleMania on in the Performance Center. They just can't do it in front of no one. They cannot do this. This is not going to happen. Yeah, and it probably uh, will now, but it, yeah. it can't happen. They they do not have the capacity to to uh, adapt 
to this situation and do something really special and really unique and really interesting and maybe something that we all look back on and go, man, the professional wrestling industry was changed that night because WWE did something completely different. They do not have that ability. They're, they're a juggernaut. They're, they're McDonald's, right? Yeah. They're not going to turn on a dime and change the way they present their product. And this is a situation where they really need to, if they want to, to, to make this really work for anybody but the people who think that everything that WWE does really works mm-hmm. to everybody but people that think that Stone Cold segment was watchable because it wasn't. Yeah. So in this crazy world that we live in right now, like it's it's seemingly all up in the air. And I mean, it, it makes it interesting that we are going to wonder how everything's going to go down and we don't really have a clue. I, I had no clue on this uh, going to, to two nights thing until I saw a tweet about it and I was like, this can't be fucking real. Like, oh, it's from Rob Gronkowski's official account and he's going to be the host. Like, fucking Christ. I mean, what are the... They they, ha, they don't have... If I were them, I, I'm obviously not. I'm, I'm a nobody. But if I were them, I would look at our card and go, there are matches that cannot take place in front of no crowd. No. Right? There, there are like four matches that have to happen at WrestleMania this year. The rest of them, some of them aren't even announced, but we assume they're going to happen, are superfluous. They're just matches to get people on the card. No one gives a shit about the SmackDown Women's Championship. Not because, I mean, I, I have love for Bayley, but she's been awful as a heel, and the storylines have been unwatchable. There are matches up and down. I mean, does anyone really care about the icy belt and what's going to happen with it? Does anyone really, really care? No. no. But but looking at some of the matches that should matter, this could be John Cena's last match. Well, but but even even then, I mean, obviously John Cena is it's it's going to be uh, featured, and uh, we can talk for days about the whole garbage that is. Uh, Roman Reigns and Goldberg and John Cena and Bray Wyatt. But yeah, there's a handful of matches that have to happen. The rest of them in this context could be dropped and no one would give a shit. They can put them on the next pay-per-view and everyone would be fine. And they're going to give us all of it and they're going to give it to us in two nights. Why would anyone care? And is this, this going to be is this going to be two four hour shows, two three hour shows? Still, that's fucking a long time. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be figured out, and I don't think I don't think they know. I think it's a fluid situation. Listen, in general, our lives, depending on where you are in the country, but certainly here in South Florida, in Florida in general. Our lives are not day-to-day. They're hour-to-hour. I think it was a little over 24 hours ago uh, we found out that every single bar and restaurant had to close in the state of Florida. Well, I'm sorry, every single bar and nightclub. uh, Restaurants did not, but they had certain restrictions. 
we're finding out new information every moment, it seems like. So I feel like all the situation is fluid, and uh, we're going to wake up to some new information tomorrow. And this is just the way it's going to be for a while. So I imagine that the announcement about WrestleMania being a two-day event will change in some way, shape, or form over the next several days. That's my thoughts. Yeah, it, it really is. And if you're unfamiliar with it at this point, we record this show after Dynamite, and we release it on uh, Friday. Things changed even when the world was somewhat more together than it is right now on us. Matches getting added to pay-per-views that we've already given our predictions on and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, something could change by the time that this is released. Absolutely. Um. Anything else that uh, we need to to touch on before signing off here? I don't think so. People should just uh, stay safe. Uh, practice yeah. good uh, social distancing. Uh, by the way, one of the two great things from Adam Page this week, one was the post <laughs> that he put up on his Instagram account. Yes, uh, yes it was. Which was brilliant. To the I, I sent it to you and said, I don't think this is real, but I hope it is. And you're like, no, that was from his official Instagram account. Genius. I love you, Adam Page. You're my new favorite wrestler. And then on his AEW, uh, on the whatever, the graphic that comes up, it says practicing social distancing since November. <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch that one. Yeah. I, I always make a point of making sure I see whatever is on the there. The little things. Yeah, it's always really, really cute and funny. So, uh, yeah, good for you, Adam Page. I, I know I'm I, I'm guessing he doesn't write that himself, but uh, because, you know, why would he? But I still think it's great. Uh, did you like uh, Best Friends Not Hugging? Oh, th- there was, that, that was a, a fun little couple little, little moments. Thing. Yeah, I think they yeah. did a good job with that. But everyone should stay safe. Yes, definitely do. So uh, thanks, everyone, once again for joining us. Make sure you check out our social media at Miss Spots on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook. And uh, listen to this podcast uh, in whatever way suits your needs. Let friends, family, compatriots know about our uh, show. Uh, we're on MissBotsPodcast.com or simply MissBots.com and all of the major podcast services. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts tune in any of those where you can subscribe to the show and get brand new episodes delivered to the device of your choice every friday for kevin my name is mike we'll see you next week good night good wrestling